Everything F1. Driven by fans, for the fans. And it's lights out and away we go! is still on provisional pole. This time for Stefan and Hamilton have crashed out. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. The circus rolled into town into Miami for the inaugural Miami Grand Prix. And boy, was it a bit of a circus. I'm James Tiller. This is the Everything F1 podcast, and we're going to be talking all about the Miami Grand Prix today uh, and talk to a very special guest that I'm going to introduce shortly. But first, from the Everything F1 team, joining me today, we've got Sophia. Hiya, Sophia. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? I'm very good. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, about I enjoyed the weekend, um, but maybe not always for the racing. Um <laughs> We also got alongside us from the Everything F1 team, Callum. Hi, Callum. How are you? Hello, James. I'm back. I enjoyed Miami. I won't be too scathing. Uh, <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Good. Well, it's good to see someone else that enjoyed the race. Uh, we've heard a few negative comments over the over the last couple of days, and I, you know, I I don't think it's all necessarily warranted. Um, but we'll go into that, as I say, when we review the race. We have got today a very special guest alongside us, uh, who is a motorsport, a, a racing driver herself. Uh, she was in W Series. It's Sabra Cook. Hiya, Sabra. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Yeah, but brilliant. Really, really good. Um, for our fans that might not know who you are or might might kind of know the name, but not necessarily everything about you, can you kind of give us a, a one minute rundown of who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm a racing driver, mechanical engineer. Um, I do a lot of coaching as well. Um, I was in the Miami GP this weekend, but mm -hmm. for commentating, which was my first time. And wow. but yeah, I raced. So I raced uh, W Series since 2019, since the first year. Not this year. I had an injury last year, so I had surgery a couple months ago, and so I'm out for the season until September. Yeah. And I'm also a mechanical engineer. I graduated with a Bachelor of Science um, in 2017. I worked for Renault F1. Um, Infinity, I've worked at Formula Mazda, Cranfield Simulation, um, and some other fun stuff later this year, which I can't say now, but uh, that's just a quick summation of who I am and uh, what I've done. Wow, that is, sounds like a, a lot in such a short space of time as well. Um, but we'll, we'll unpack that uh, a little bit later when we do uh, interview you after the review of the Miami Grand Prix, uh, if you don't mind. We are Everything F1. You will find us on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We're also on TikTok now. Uh, and of course, we are on our website, www.everythingf1.com. We are also on all podcast streaming services. So you're listening to us now. And if you are enjoying what you hear, we would love it if you would hit that bell to subscribe and get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. Um, so let's go into it. The Miami Grand Prix review. OK, uh, we'll go to Sabra first because you were there. You had first hand uh, experience of it. What what can you what kind of takeaways can you take from the Miami Grand Prix weekend? 
there was a lot going on, um, which <laughs> is, uh, I, I, everyone said it's just, it's very Miami, right? The Miami GP was very Miami, which uh, that's to be expected. Um, mm. They had pretty much everything under the sun there. Uh, it was very hot, very humid. I wish I would have been able to see a little bit more of the racing. Uh, as we saw, it was hard to, to make some overtakes when you got offline. It was hard for the drivers to adapt. Mm. So I don't know if they're able to maybe modify the track going forward. But um, overall, I think it was a pretty successful event for the first weekend being there. And obviously, they're learning everything for the first time and how it's all going to go. Yeah, I think the key there is event and not necessarily race. As you did mention, it was uh, pretty tough to overtake it. At most points around the track there are i think kind of there's only a couple of corners that really kind of gave the opportunity for for a pass um sophia you're nodding your head uh, give us your kind of takeaways from the from the race weekend did you enjoy it are you a fan of miami or no <laughs> um to be fair and it might add some controversy i preferred the w series more than i enjoyed the race and i completely um, agree with you there actually i completely agree with you I mean, those that were um, watching live a couple of weeks ago, talking, I was talking about the Miami Grand Prix and obviously it wasn't as positive light. Um, and I still stand by a lot of it. And even before the start of the race, I kind of said that in our group, watch it be really boring to an extent. It kind of was. If you look at like the highlights reel, it's like the first couple laps and then a big chunk is missing. And then like the last probably 15 laps or something like that is when it got busy because obviously that was with Norris's spin, Seb and Mick, the crash. But again, like, it was all right. Yeah, practices and W Series were probably the better ones qualifying as well. But the actual race itself on Sunday, uh, quite boring in my opinion. I think I well, I think a lot of people will uh, will mirror your uh, your your thoughts on that. Um, as I said, there was a, a big lull in the middle, um, and it really took uh, Norris to make that well, Gasly and Norris to make that mistake because uh, it wasn't necessarily no Norris's fault. Actually, uh, Gasly uh, was the the person to blame in my mind. Um, let's go to Callum then. Uh, he, he's he's a cynic, so I'm 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 expecting. Well, James, let me surprise you. <laughs> uh, I quite enjoyed the race because okay. I didn't think I was going to um, right, okay. based on the track layout um, and what we've seen in practice. Um, although I kind of thought maybe it'd be a bit chaotic. Um, as you say, overtaking was difficult and it's, but it's kind of sort of the same as what we've seen before um, in earlier seasons. You know, they're able to follow for a couple of laps, mm -hmm. particularly thinking about Charles and Verstappen um, on this one. They were able to follow for a couple of laps and then due to Tardeg, maybe they were falling off a bit. Um, yeah. Charles was falling off a max a bit. So to be honest, uh, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um, I thought it was pretty. Like the I, I think the standards that's been set by earlier races this season um, has made mm -hmm. maybe uh, our reviewing minds a bit biased. But um, no, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, was, I was disappointed by the ending, but we'll uh, we'll overlook that. Uh, in in terms of ending, what, what do you mean? Just your, in terms the... of Max winning, obviously, um, <laughs> and not my boy fan. Charles Leclerc. Ah, um, uh, but... yes, yeah, you're a. I, I forget, I forget, you're a Ferrari forget, fan. Yeah, maybe well, next time. Well, let, let's talk about the the winner then, Max Verstappen, because he did. You know, he well, he had a very dominant race, really. You know, he he didn't start uh, on the front row, but he certainly got there very quickly. Uh, Sabra, could, what can you say about Max Verstappen and his race weekend? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty perfect. He was able to take the lead not not too far into the race. And then just the Red Bull was so fast on the straightaways that, you know, Charles, he really couldn't attack back. And mm. I think uh, Chaco could have done better, but I heard he had an issue with some sensors on the car and not having the full power from the engine. So it, I don't know, it would have been nice to see if he could have gotten around signs. But uh, yeah, pretty calm race, I would say, at the front. Yeah, probably it, we, we didn't actually see him much on the screens. Um, and I think that's probably evident of the fact that he was just out there. He was always a couple of seconds ahead, wasn't he? Uh, uh, how about, are, you, are you a Red Bull fan, Sabre? Are you a, are you a Ferrari fan? Do you have a preference of, of team uh, on, the, on the grid? No, not really. I guess if I had to pick one, I would probably say McLaren. But... <sighs> And I feel like I feel like I have to say Alpine a little bit just because you know yeah, I, you, I did work for, I did work, work there. there yeah. so, um, <laughs> I appreciate. Uh, I, I think you know they're they're cool. They had a cool setup this weekend. They definitely took on the Miami vibes. They had like the pink graffiti looking shirts going on. So mm. it was they were embracing it. They were Sophia Max Verstappen. It was great this weekend. Yeah, I mean, looking at the stats and the information, he led almost every single lap i think besides five out of the right. 57 like f- like less than 10 um laps he led majority of it so that's also quite good um i mean the battle a few times drs as well kind of played into it which we didn't know how it was going to be because obviously there was three drs zones um mm. And again, with the turns and the corners, especially some of the turns where we saw Alcon and we saw Carlos Sainz, those are like leading up towards like the straight. So it's quite a nerve wracking moment about if they're going to make the overtake or not, or if they're going to hit like the side of the wall. Um, but yeah, like I said, I Max won. I think I got my predictions right from our TikTok. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Uh, <laughs> I know. Don't watch it because I completely failed this week, actually. See? Didn't get anything Payback. right at all. <laughs> Payback. That's exactly how I was last time because I only got one point out of like the five that was available. So <laughs> she's on the other foot now. Um, it is. But yeah, it was. Yeah, Max had a good race. No fault. Same with um, uh, Carlos and even Checo as well with the fault that he had with the power unit losing mm-hmm. so much horsepower um, in the race, mid-race, while he was battling signs. But yeah, we'll so see. it was evident that he couldn't overtake the Ferraris. Uh, but, you know, without that, that uh, sense of failure, he would have no doubt been much more in contention, uh, as Sabre did mention. Uh, well, let's talk about the Ferrari boys then, because obviously you're a Ferrari fan, Callum. They had their first front row lockout for a couple of years on Saturday, ready for the race on Sunday, but it didn't last long because of obviously that power deficit to the Red Bull. Can you just summarise Charles Leclerc's and Carlos Sainz's weekend? Um, do you know, I, well, we'll start with Carlos, just because I want to leave my disappointment for last. Um, <laughs> yeah, Carlos bounced back, mm. not just from last week, but from the actual weekend itself with his uh, shenanigans in mm. practice, um, yeah. which I'm obviously very happy with. I think he's probably, just because of prior incidents, he's been underperforming this season. But given the sort of deficit he had to practice um, compared to Charles because of the the running time, I think he performed pretty well. Yeah, And he did exactly what he needed to do, really. He like get on the podium, uh, start to claw back some of the points he lost from the the retirements. Yeah, yeah, but the, the 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 deficit to Charles is pretty obvious, and it's almost cementing a little bit the opposite of what we kind of wanted at the start of the season. In that there's very much a one-two dynamic now at Ferrari. Hopefully, it won't bleed into the races too much, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it did further down the line. Mm. 
it's still quite early days for that sort of thing at the moment, but you, I can see what you mean. There's, there is quite clearly two front runners in this championship, like, yeah. and that is Max and Charles. So I think that will come into play at some point. Charles this weekend, I mean, I don't want to be too critical because it, all in all, the, the actual gap to Max wasn't that big. Mm. You know, it's only a couple of seconds and then you had tire issues and a couple of one or two mistakes from Charles throughout. But yeah. the gap wasn't wasn't huge before the safety car, um, so I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a, a, a dominant performance from Max and Ferrari aren't that far behind. Mm. And of course, you know, on Saturday they were they were there and they took the one two. So a shame they don't give points for Saturday. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it sets up the rest of the season quite nicely. Max is clawing back the points, um, and it's going to remain close. So um, I'm looking forward to it. And do you think Ferrari will get that kind of speed deficit? Uh, maybe is, is it engine engine uh, performance or is it aerodynamic performance that's See, letting them down? I'm not the engineer, so you might have to ask Sabre this. But um, <laughs> I don't know how much power deficit they can claw back during the season. With the yeah, well the end the engine's frozen, isn't it? Yeah, so... I don't know how that works, but um, whether they can or not, or whether it's even possible with the the freezing. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I, it, it makes me think maybe for running, Ferrari are running higher aero, right? Because they are, or maybe it's just a natural th- phenomenon with the car. They are a lot quicker in the corners, but you also have to factor in that maybe they're accounting for the porpoising issue because they have that. Yeah, they, um, they which I Red did Bull notice. Don't, so they were porpoising quite substantially, yes, actually, more in, than, in Miami. more than in other races, and I mm. think it's probably that like massive back straight uh, that's longer than anything we've seen for a while. So maybe that's a factor that perhaps a team like Mercedes isn't thinking of that that might be limiting Ferrari speeds, but they're accounting for it in the corners with high error, which also explains their pace on Saturday compared to Sunday. Mm. But yeah, it, it's, I don't, I don't know whether, whether they'll claw any of that back. We'll see. Sabre, uh, what, what do you reckon as, as an engineer, from an engineering standpoint, or have you heard anything uh, are, are Ferrari able to able to work on that engine um i think it's probably like you mentioned i think it is they run more aero like they definitely ran more aero than the red bull which is why they probably suffered more down the straights mm. um and then as far as the um the engines i i don't know how much they're actually able to change at this point mm. yeah so it, it could be but they need to work more on the aero package, like you say. Uh, and they certainly need to foot sort that porpoising out because that will that will help them. It's interesting because this is exactly what Red Bull was doing against Mercedes for the past few years, is they were running really high aero, but they didn't have the engine power. And now it's sort of on the other foot. Mm. In that they have the engine power, but they're maybe not running as much aero, so they don't have the drag on the straights, which is interesting. And I don't know whether that's something that they were shifting towards anyway or whether that's just as a result of the new regs, that's just what they're going for. Mm. Sabre, you were going to say something then? Uh, just just in regards to the porpoising, it could be worse this race because obviously we're at sea level and the air is denser. Yeah, so sure. it, that, that was probably why the porpoising was worse this weekend. I don't know because they haven't really done any updates on the Ferrari. So you can't say, oh, well, they've changed something. So it's worse. Yeah, I, I, I think it's mostly the air density. Do you think we're going to see that in Monaco as well? Like, because obviously it's by the waterfront. Do you think it, I'm not sure how much of a sea level it is, but could we potentially see the same kind of issue? Not as much as Miami, but potentially the same? Uh, I don't think so because Monaco is such a different track. And then also they like the teams come to the, to Monaco with like a completely different setup, like a mm. completely different package. So I it's don't think straight, so. But... Either. 
Well, <laughs> yeah, no exactly. long straights. Yeah. Like yeah, the straights here was like um, one was almost a mile long and the other one yeah. was eight tenths of a mile. So I don't wow. think Monaco even has like any straight road at all. It's just all corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So who was next in the pecking order then? Uh, unfortunately, McLaren, who you know, we we're not so secret McLaren fans here on the podcast. So uh, it's it's great to hear that Sabre also uh, shares that not so secret McLarenness uh, with even us. More. <laughs> But um, let's, let's talk about those. They didn't necessarily have the greatest race of the weekend. Sophia, do you want to take on McLaren? Oh, it broke my heart seeing that with um, Gasly and Norris. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't Gasly's fault to begin with. It was Alonso that kind of catalyzed, like, because he had the incident with Gasly and Gasly went off. And then because... Mm. It looked like it was probably in Gasly's blind spot because you can't see him looking at the mirror, um, looking at the replays before he hit Norris. So oh, it broke my heart seeing that. I'm not going to lie because he was doing so well. And mm. again, like we said, we're not so secret McLaren fans. So seeing Norris tumble down to the point, it, it was breaking. Then even Ricardo as well. Like he, We didn't see much of him at all, if any, throughout the entire race he kind of just played like a low race which isn't the best given that he hasn't been doing as well as Norris but Mm. I don't know it's going to be interesting come Barcelona as well because iconic track they've both driven on it multiple times so Mm -hmm. hopefully we can get the McLaren that we want to see uh next weekend well two weekends time yeah that that car Sabre just wasn't it wasn't suited to the track at all, was it? From where they were, obviously, in the last race uh, at Imola um, to, to, to now, it was it, the world of difference, really, uh, in how that car performed. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. Like, I can't say for certain what they struggled with technically, but obviously earlier in the season, they were struggling with, like, the heat in the car, like yeah. dispersing the heat. So I wonder if how hot and humid the Miami GP weekend was made them struggle more. But, yeah, like you said, for Ricardo, we just – it was a lackluster race for him. Like, and unfortunately, like at least Lando owned up to the, to the mistake. Cause when you did look at Pierre's onboard, like his hands were perfectly straight. He didn't move one side or the other and mm. the track narrows up. So I think they just both kind of collided and it, it was kind of a, just an unfortunate thing of Lando trying to get through as quickly as he could. And unfortunately made contact. Yeah, and he was doing quite well, as well as could be expected with how the car was performing. Daniel Ricciardo outside the points anyway in 13th finishing, so not a great result for for the Australian. Let's talk about the next two cars then. Surprisingly, actually, it was the Mercedes team. Now, George Russell was very lucky with the safety car. Well, I can't say lucky completely because he did call it. He said, I can stay out until the, the safety car is pulled out. But he's, again, once again... He is in front of his teammate, the seven-time world champion, uh, Lewis Hamilton. We'll go down to Callum uh, to talk about Mercedes. Yeah, just on that, there's been talk of Russell being lucky this weekend. And, <laughs> I mean, yes, he called he called it, though. Um, yeah, and yeah. Hamilton was off the opportunity to to make, make a call on the strategy, and he turned it down. So there is a difference there in uh, driver ability, in a sense, in that Russell was on the nose with with making the right strategy call and strategy calls are just as important in racing as actually being able to drive. So mm-hmm. there is that, but Hamilton, he's obviously performed a lot better this weekend than has been the situation in recent weekends. Probably. Mm-hmm. I, I, did they bring upgrades? I assume they did. Yes. They said before the race weekend that they, they, 
got a few avenues that they're going to try and yep. they must have trialed it throughout the kind of practice sessions and whatever and, and, and picked something for the race and they certainly weren't porpoising as much as yeah. they have been previously so they you know i think that's that's the key get get rid of the porpoising and then work on the speed after that and it's it was probably uh exemplified a little bit just because of how long the straight was I and mean, that the higher max speed you get the worse the purposing will get so that's probably something that at a a, a circuit which engine power is less important that they'll, they'll maybe even make another step but yeah obviously hamilton had a better weekend partly car i imagine he's probably settling in as well a little mm-hmm. bit more getting used to how how it works uh, how the car performs it's still temperamental just because george's qualifying was vastly different from how he was performing in practice so there's that to take into account as well but otherwise it's definitely a much better weekend for Mercedes and they're definitely taking steps forwards that will probably maybe my mid-season they'll be be back in there if things go go their way but they obviously have to catch up with the uh the ad- advantage that Ferrari and Red Bull have plus the upgrades that they'll be bringing so I can't say that they're going to be anywhere near the title hunt mm. even if it is early days but I could probably see wins later in the season if they do get those issues fixed relatively quickly. Sabra have you got anything to comment about the Mercedes team? Um, I think they're pretty, from like my perspective, it's like, I know it's not super weird, but if you think of like a surfboard, right? Like Mm -hmm. the big round surfboards that are very like, like the Ferrari side pods are very stable in the water. And if you think about the Mercedes, it's very thin, like the speed boards and they're much more unstable in the water, which is why we've seen them struggle a lot with the porpoising. Mm. But if they can get the stability down, they're going to be faster because there's just essentially less drag. So the way that they've changed like the the mirror mounts and like the trailing edge leading into the the leading edge of the side pods is like very different from not this weekend, but the last race. Yeah. So I think they're like, they're figuring it out. And if they can just like, I I almost wonder if they're struggling on the engine side too, because other teams that have been running Mercedes have been struggling as well. Um, But if they can get everything to sort of line up, it would be nice to see them fighting for wins again by the end. Yeah, I think they will. I, I've been quite confident with with the fact that they will master it by a few more races into the season. It looks like they're getting that that kind of, but at least close. But there there is a very you know obvious speed difference at the moment. Um, maybe give it a couple more races, but it's it's just encouraging to see that you know they are in that position because we might not necessarily need a Mercedes to win the season, but it's always it'll be good to have more than two teams battling it out for that top step. Um, and making the, uh, the, the the season interesting. Okay, who was next on uh, results? It's Mr. Bottas. Valtteri yeah. Bottas, who actually, Valtteri Bottas, sorry. Uh, I think, he, right for, at the end. I think yeah. he forgot what team he was racing for and just <laughs> let Lewis Hamilton by, <laughs> which is a shame because he was doing such a good job of keeping him behind for such a long time. Uh, Sophia, were you surprised to see uh, that kind of twitch on that corner to let them let both the Mercedes through? Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking, to be fair. I mean, he's been so good this season so far. Like, when it was announced that he was going to Alpha, like, we were like, oh, lower tier team, like, why? Like, is he going to be the next Kimmy kind of thing? Mm. As much as <laughs> love Kimmy. But we just <laughs> didn't know. And then he's come out of the bag straight away, like, outperforming uh, Mercedes and Hamilton as well multiple times, even in qualifying. He's pretty much outqualified Hamilton quite a lot. And same in finishing in, in um, podium positions and everything as well. But, yeah, it was weird because I couldn't – I didn't see the actual clip of it because for some reason my sky was being – annoying and so it wasn't showing everything i wanted to see but yeah it was weird and then obviously his teammate guan yujo got 
had to stop like four laps in as well, which mm. was gutting because he was doing, he started off quite decently, got off the line quite quickly. And then I think it was engine or something. They, I wasn't... Never, they never confirmed exactly what it was, unless a safe, it, was was a, it was a water leak, it says. Oh, oh right. Leak. Okay. Is that what was there? Yeah, was the, the engine was too hot, so they told him to, to pull him. Ah, okay. So I didn't see that. So there you go. Inside information, or, or maybe it's information that's readily available that I just I haven't. We had a chance we to see. That, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> it's quite likely, but yeah, it, it's great to see Bottas at least competing. Though uh, it's a shame for Zhou Guanyu who had to to retire very early on in the race. Now we'll go into the Alpine and we'll we'll go to uh, Sabra because uh, as you were a, a previous kind of employee of the of the team. Uh, what what did you think of Alonso and Esteban Ocon's weekend? Um, I mean, I thought they did an, an all right job. They finished both in the points, so they definitely were happy with that by the end. So I think it was a solid weekend for them. I think they could be happy with how they did. Yeah, it was it was a, a fairly decent result. I don't think we saw much of them on the screen, though. To be fair, which was a a shame. Mm-hmm. I, uh, there was... Well, we did we did when Alonso was shunting other drivers off the circuit. Um, <laughs> yeah, quite. I didn't see that. You know, he he yeah. basically tried to kill Gasly. Um, <laughs> I think twice as well. Twice, was, yeah, yeah. Because oh the yeah, first he hit time. somebody at the start, didn't he? I oh, think man. it was Gasly as well. Hence why you got the two time penalty. So yeah, that's that's why they oh, dropped down. Okay, I was Maybe. like, I was just looking at the results, and I'm like, wait a second. I thought they yeah, Alonso, together, he got like but... two two five second penalties before the end. Yes, that's yes, he did. Yeah. and that but that and that promoted uh, Albon. Stroll. Uh, sorry, and Stroll. And Stroll. Yeah, yeah. Ocon ran a really um, lonely race, but it made the strategy work just like Russell. Um, yeah. which is good. He, I think he started on, he must started on the medium, uh, on the hards and then just went as far as he could. So yeah, it was, I'd say that's a pretty, I mean, I'm not sure how much we can expect from Alpine given the sort of the top six places at the moment, maybe mm. even top eight, depending on the track for McLaren are kind of almost cemented. Um, so picking up points like this, um, on a regular basis is probably what the team should be expecting, sort of trying to get back into that battle for fifth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, other than Alonso's antics, and I do love Alonso, but like he was a bit brain dead this weekend. <laughs> Maybe it was the heat, and he just ran out of patience. I mean, He's he is from like... Spain. He's from Spain, so you'd have thought. Maybe, well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he just he was he was enjoying Miami too much. Maybe. Yeah, maybe he, was, he saw a TikToker that you knew. <laughs> he was yeah, he was distracted by the celebrities. Um, yeah, nice air quotations for uh, for our listeners that aren't watching it live. Uh, um, yeah. Okay, well let's talk about. I want to talk about obviously you you mentioned Stroll. I just got promoted into the top ten and got a point because of Alonso's time penalties. They actually started the race from the pit lane. Now there was a was it a thermometer issue with the with the fuel or or something along those lines there was there was an issue that meant the fuel wasn't warm enough basically or wasn't set to the temperature that it should have been which forced them down to the pit lane uh, for a pit lane start so for stroll to actually get to that position uh, in the race it's, it's a very good result for uh, what has been a slower car of the year one of the slower cars in the uh, this year um, we'll go to sabra were, were you surprised to see stroll where he was at the end of the race yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Aston Martin has been struggling um, in the beginning, so it's good for them to at least score a point. So yeah. I, I think they'll take that as a positive going forward. Definitely. Uh, he also did get driven into at the end, didn't he? It was who who drove who drove into him at the end? Magnussen, wasn't it? Was it yeah, K Mag, K Mag, and K Mag just destroyed his own race, but actually Stroll 
managed to kind of survive uh, the attack and obviously still got the points. Yeah, you, you, that was right at the end. And Sophia's looking baffled. Do you not remember that? I think, yeah. I mean, I've been asleep since then, but I think I, I've missed that clip the same as uh, you missed Bartas's clip. I don't remember that. I know K-Mag kind of tumbled down, but you were talking about a crash and I was thinking, are we talking... I thought we we're talking about. <laughs> I think he forgot how to turn a, a turn a steering wheel. If I'm yeah. honest, he just he just drove right into the side of him, um, which kind of scuppered his race, didn't it? Oh, I need to rewatch that then. Because this is why you, like... this is why you thought it was boring because you didn't see how. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I didn't, I didn't see that lap. either. I didn't oh. see that either. It I saw the going I saw on the... at the front. To be fair, like I, I think we can give you that one. I didn't see it either. I saw the Botas one, but. I think that a lot of drivers had actually gone off. We saw a few W Series drivers go off there as well because it, the track narrows so much. Hmm. I think he just got offline, maybe, and that's why he ended up at touching the wall a bit. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the stroll incident. Well, there you go. It did happen. I'm not hallucinating. I, 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 I definitely it. remember I seeing that happen. <laughs> so I apologise if I've invented that, but or a bit, a bit, or me and Callum are having the same dream. Uh, that's very weird. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about Williams and the Al- album. And how well he did over the weekend with his shiny red hair. Um, Sophia, can you, I don't know, can you tell Are us? Are you asking her that just because she has red hair too? Yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> from from one red head to another. Uh... <laughs> I mean, it, I think because of the camera, my light, it looks more red, but. It's probably brown. Okay. It's like a brownish red, but I'll take it. I'll take I'll, I have red on my headset. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously he got the extra point the extra point and the um, up to three points total now uh, with the time penalty from Alonso. Mm-hmm. And again, he's, he says that he wants to keep the red hair going because now he's on a roll two, two times for it in the points. So yeah, I mean, Latifi when the whole race, no red flag, no safety car. He finished the race. <laughs> finished the race. Wow. <laughs> it's only taken him five races. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, to be fair, him finishing was quite surprising. I feel like that should be my bold prediction. <laughs> um, but <laughs> he also kind of did a like quiet race as well. A lot of the lower end team, uh, sorry, um, drivers of the grid were quite quiet. I mean, could blame Sky not showing everything. Uh, the uh, world feed, the... it's not Sky's fault. It's not Sky's fault, uh, yeah. it's yeah. world feed. <laughs> Fair. I mean, the different feeds and everything for it, but yeah, I mean, can't really fault him. It was a no-fall race for him. He yeah. finished. He finished it, which is a surprise for this year. Uh, Sabre, there's lots of rumours going around that somebody can be replaced this year. Now, we we speculate as as a team that it might be Latifi because of how poorly he's performing, um, but we don't know. It's all complete speculation, we, and we're only really going off rumours circulated around Twitter. Um, as somebody who has been kind of in the environment have you heard of anything that might happen along those lines um i mean obviously it's not my place to speak to it but i i hope that nikki can turn it around we're actually friends we grew up racing carts so ah. he's an ama- him and his family are absolutely amazing people i hope that he does get to stay but uh yeah it, it's all speculation up to this point so we'll see what happens yeah, I really like uh, Latifi. It's just he has had an appalling year so far. And the, the comment and the discussions that we've had is at some point, if he's going to keep on crashing like that, his sponsorship money that his father's putting in isn't going to be enough for the team to benefit from it. Doralton Capital 
you know, uh, mean serious business when they've come into the team. They, they want to control it. So that, that was the only our kind of reasoning behind our thoughts would be to, to the rumours uh, that's floating around. Um, but it, it could be anyone. Piastri, I, Piastri. We want Piastri in. I think I think he'll end up in F1 next year. I, w- I would think so. But um, yeah, as to, to whose seat he will take, I don't know yet. We don't know. It's one to watch. Okay, uh, who who have we got left to talk about? Well, we've got to talk about the the bromance of Sebastian Vettel and Mick Schumacher finally coming together in what was probably something that turned them off each other for a couple of days. Callum, you can talk about Mick Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel. What happened? So I haven't seen a proper replay yet. I can I've only seen the Ocon replay, which you cannot see anything. Um, right. But it did look like Mick just tried to launch it up the insides and caught Vettel on his right rear. So probably Mick's fault. Um, if we're taking what the the penalties were for Alonso on Gasly, it's basically the same incident. Right. Maybe even probably Alonso was less at fault than Mick was against Vettel. So it's it's pretty much Mick's fault. I mean, I'm I'm fairly I I don't think Vettel and, and Schumacher would let something like this. Uh, affect them in any way like I'm sure they understand that it's racing and that Mick is still learning new things about driving an F1 so I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into it um we're not we're not we're not drive to survive here um, <laughs> do you know I think that they're, they're gonna have, go on the you know not not talk to each other for 48 hours maybe oh, yeah. certainly not play football in the pit lane for uh for a maybe few not days that, yeah uh, just um, you know I just need some space, man. I just well, need Seb, has, Seb has to fly over here because he's going to be on BBC Question Time. So, uh, yeah, I saw that. Wow, which I'm looking forward to. Actually. Is he? Is his? Is his uh, subject going to be Formula One? You'd think I, his specialist subject would be Formula One. I think you? some somebody made some sort of like comment about um, F1 and climate change at some point. So I imagine he's going on to talk about that, um, whether it's hypocritical or not. Ah, um, okay. Which is sort of the typical mainstreamy kind of viewpoint. Um, do, do you know what I've just I, I've just made a, a complete error. I thought you meant um, mastermind, <laughs> not question oh, time. No. <laughs> and I'm like specialist subject, and no question time is not is not yeah, it's not, is, is not mastermind. <laughs> it's not quite that. Completely wrong program, James. Boom. Anyway, uh, have we missed anyone before we before we move on to our interview with our lovely guest? Have we missed anyone that we should talk about? Alfatari. Alfatari. Yeah, Gas. Well, Gasly. We have mentioned Gasly. Yeah, we've, we've mentioned him a few times. Obviously, he had that incident with Lando Norris, which we didn't want it to happen between those two drivers because we like those two drivers. But it did kind of make the last few laps interesting at the very least. So it, it had a positive effect on the race um, for the last 15 minutes uh, or 15 laps. Yuki Tsunoda, uh, so- Sophia, do you want to take Yuki Tsunoda? Where did he finish? <laughs> I feel really bad now 12th. that like... 12th in the end, apparently. Yeah. 12th. That's basically because of penalties, though. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was pretty on- anonymous race. If I'm if if I'm honest, well, he, he fell backwards and then just never recovered. So yeah, he was just another driver that did a quiet race and kept his head down and kind of got on with it. So yeah, okay. Well, that that makes sense. Okay, so I want you to score the Miami Grand Prix at a ten. Uh, I'll go around to each of you one by one. Just give me a give me a score of how you'd rate it. Uh, as it, it's kind of an all-round figure as well. I don't, I don't want you to just rate the, the race itself. I want you to rate the events um, as, uh, and kind of include both of those uh, in your decision-making. So, Sophia, I'm going to put you on the spot first because I know you like to make these sorts of decisions. Can I use the half points like I did last time? <laughs> you use whatever, um, whatever scale you want to use, between te- 1 and 10. 6.5. 6.5, okay. Callum, same to you. 
um including the event yeah including the <sighs> events uh and, and everything give, that okay. comes along with it i'll give the race uh, a seven out of ten but i will give the event a minus a hundred out of ten uh <laughs> Just because I don't like that kind of thing. So I think that averages to like minus 50, minus 40. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. But no, the, the race, the racing was good. And that's what I care about. So, yeah. Okay. And and Sabra, what would you say out of 10, you, you'd score the race and event as, as a whole? I would probably say like overall, including like considering the race as well as the events, um, maybe a eight, just because I, I, I don't know. Were you actually in Miami for the race? Colin? No, no, none of us, okay. none of us were. So we didn't get that no. kind of the atmosphere we're that you would have yeah. got. <laughs> so I think, I think what being there and seeing all of the experiences, it was, it was pretty amazing. Like the city that they created around the event. So I would say in-person event was amazing. Um, but yeah, I wish the race was more exciting. Yeah, see, I'm going to score the race quite low, really, actually. I'm going to say it was like a 3 out of 10, but then the event kind of pushes it up. But I do wish they did a few of the, a few less of the gimmicks that they do always seem to do when they have an inaugural race in America somewhere. There's always a funny hat or helmet. There's always some random, you know, I mean, that what was that? The police escort to the yeah. podium. I mean... Ugh. Uh, the podium is on the other side so that's i think why they just had to do it in order to get them in yeah with the way that the whole thing is set up but then then kind of carla signs and uh like charles leclerc were just appeared there it was only max or Stafford that went on this this random it was all well, just a bit random for me i think you um, can see them in like the golf cart ahead actually oh were they oh okay. i think so i think i spotted that well i i, I i'm gonna mark the gimmicky stuff down but the atmosphere looked good and i just wish instead of having tiktok celebrities and and fans that well not non-fans there i just wish uh, f1 did more for actual fans than they did for these celebrities that actually don't like the sport or don't even have an interest in the sport because uh, for martin's gridwalk for example he was walking down he talking trying to talk to people and they knew nothing uh, about the sport and they're like yeah we're here it's a you know it's fun activity but i just feel like f1 should do more for actual fans than they do for you know instagrammers and tiktokers uh, but that's that's my that's my only gripe with the weekend and, and we'll move we'll leave it at that uh, as i say racing was three the event was good um, but it gets knocked down because of those little aspects so i'm going to say overall i'm going to say five i think that's fair you call me cynical <laughs> i've been trying to be really because because we've got sabre here i was i've actually tried to be really in a bit uh so I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it as a five. Support for everything F1 is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate in men's hygiene bundle. You could join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EF1. You can use that code at manscaped.com. If my maths is correct, that's 8 million balls. Well, give or take a few. Scott, you've had a, a bad ball experience before, haven't you? Oh, mate, it was nasty. Well, a few years ago, I was with a lady friend. She she suggested that unless I did some deforestation, she she was not going to have a, a close-up inspection of said forest. So 
being the person I am, I'd, I'd nipped into the bathroom quickly and I thought, right, let's have a little look what we've got in here. I was looking for some scissors and I saw she had a, <laughs> a razor on the side. So I was like, all right, brilliant. I'm just going to nip in the shower, got in the shower. So enjoy, you know, I was starting to have a little sing and enjoy the shower. And then next minute, I feel a little, a little tingling sensation. I looked down and the basin of the shower was bright red. Safe to say, deforestation or not, nothing happened that evening. I, I spent five to six hours in A&E and required two stitches. So it, it was it was quite bad. It, it, as bad ball trimming stories go, I think that's up there. But but now, thanks to the good old Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, I, I can close my eyes and shove that down there and nothing jobs are good so inside the package you've got the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer the weed whacker the ear nose and hair trimmer the crop preserver the ball deodorant crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold it all in because you've got loads there to carry so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ef1 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code ef1 unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped, just like Scott does now. Back to the podcast. Right, we'll move on now to our guest. Thank you very much, Sabra, for coming to speak to us today. Can you tell us where it all began for you and your kind of love for motorsport or engineering for that matter? Yeah, so uh, for the racing side of things, my dad used to race motocross and supercross professionally in the 80s, um, like for Team Honda. So he and my mother did not want my brother and I racing motorcycles. So we got into go-karting um, and I karted for a really long time um, until 2017. Um, during that time, I was essentially a professional karter and I won three world championships, three national championships, wow. and then went to, was able finally to get the sponsorship to race a car for the first time in April of 2017. Um, just did some amateur SCCA things, but then moved on to um, be part of the Team USA scholarship and then um, part of the uh, Women in Motorsports Project Podium grant. And then I did a few USF races, uh, USF4, USF2000. Then at the end of the same year in 2018, I also won the Infinity Engineering Academy uh, which secured me the spot with Infinity, but then I later went to work on uh, for Renault F1 in suspension composite design. And then um, I moved back to the US end of 2020 and was like, I'm going to go race full time again because W Series was supposed to happen again, as well as some indie pro races that I did. And then mm. COVID was like, jokes on you. No. And uh, things were much more different than, than they were supposed to be. So, um, but then, yeah, again, I raced W Series again last year and was only the only American last year. Um, we thankfully have another one this year that that is flying the flag. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, uh, and then last year I also did, I raced the NLS race at Nürburgring. I did um, race for Brian Herta in the TCR car at the Dakota race, did an MX5 race at Daytona, just a bunch of different things, did a Porsche Cup race at Coda. And so anything and everything I that I can get in, uh, I, I drove. And uh, unfortunately now on the sidelines a bit, but doing more engineering work and I'll be working with, um, with an IndyCar team here in the next few months and then back in the driver's seat in September. And you're not telling us what you're going to be doing in September, just that you're going to be in the driving seat. Uh, yeah, not yet, not yet. <laughs> we can't even have the scoop. Damn. Um, <laughs> never mind. So going back to your karting, who was faster? Was it you or your brother? Me. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't race anymore. Um, he works in IT actually. So. Ah, okay. So it just yeah. wasn't for him. 
Uh, I think he could have done it if he wanted to to do it and stick to it. He was good at a lot of things, but it just wasn't what he was passionate about. Okay. So what were the what was it like going from kind of karting up to uh, W Series? Was that was that the first was that the first leap that you said? Sorry, um, from the karts to the W Series cars, or did you have kind of a? No. Um, so I did in in 2017. I was able to do some SCCA racing okay. um, here in the states, but then I went and I did race two USF4 races and three or four USF 2000 races in 2018 in the states. So, and then I went to W Series the following year. So what was the graduation like? Was it was it completely different to the kart racing? Um, uh, and, yeah. and was it uh, yeah. was it a big learning curve? Yeah, it was definitely a big learning curve, um, especially because. Um, that you know how it is with sponsors don't want to fund testing. So it, testing is not sexy. They're, they don't want to fund that. So it's always just like get enough money to go do the race. And so you're basically learning everything while you're at the race. And that's never a good way to do something. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a big learning curve for me, but um, eventually got the hang of things and uh, have had some really great people around me to, to help me grow as I progress through the sport. Sophie, have you got a question for Sabra? You mentioned previously before we got on that you were doing some commentary as well in Miami. Who were you doing commentary for and were you doing W Series or were you commentating for F1 as well? So they just hired me to be the expert commentator and analyst for the W Series races. It was the the big screen TV track side. So we're actually hired by the Miami Dolphins is who contracts all of us. And wow. then... Um, did some just like VIP tours with um, with the lovely Victoria Buxton, the newly newly newlywed uh, Victoria. Oh. Um, so that was really fun, and and they were all really lovely to work with. Do you think you'd like to do more commentary and that sort of thing, or or after your experience in Miami, do you feel it was maybe not not for you? Um, no, I could definitely see myself doing more of it. Um, it I worked with some. Re- people and like bob consideros that's like a legend and knows everything and anything about f1 from the last like 50 60 years so um (laughs) it was a good experience for me and the the whole team was great um much less stressful than being a driver and and everything else and and then being an engineer so it was it was kind of nice like normally you're in this environment where it's always like you're focused on competing and, and being better than other people but this whole job was about like entertaining and making sure people had a good time so it was a very different different dynamic and uh, I, I did enjoy it but always want to be back in the driver's seat and as a woman how, how do you find being a driver in these male dominated sports have you ever found it more difficult to kind of get into maybe some male counterparts that you've kind of worked alongside or, or driven alongside the ways that i think it's more difficult as a woman is one getting the sponsors to invest the same amount of money in you as they do men mm-hmm. um and as well as like the the physical aspect with formula cars with especially with the junior formula and then I mean, F1 has power steering, but um, like IndyCar does not. So having the enough amount of upper body strength is actually more difficult than a lot of us girls talk about. Um, mm. it, it takes some serious, serious muscle mass to, to do so. Um, and then other than that, it's like you just learn to accept that maybe you will be spoken to in a different way or treated in a different way. But at the end of the day, you don't you don't really fixate on that. You don't think, oh, well, I'm a girl, so I'm going to have these challenges you just focus on okay what's the job how do i need to approach this in order to get to the goal that i want to and and that's really all that you look at 
Nice. Callum, have you got a question to follow up with for Sabre? Yeah, um, just on you being an actual qualified engineer, how much do you think that uh, that experience and that qualification and everything you've learned from that informs how you drive? Has it has it changed how you approach driving in any way or has it, is it just a completely separate thing? Um, I mean, in some ways it does help driving, but it more helps my communication with my engineer. Um, I think that would be the strongest point that it does does help, but I think I benefit more in the other way. Being an engineer that is also a driver, I think I benefit more as the engineer rather than the other way around. Do you think you're going to be going to any other W Series races this year? We'll see. We'll see. Maybe. It's very possible, but we'll see. Which one's been, like, out of all the ones that have been listed, which one is your favorite? Um, and which one was your favorite to drive, maybe, if you, if you, if you drove it last year? Last year, I mean, Spa was definitely probably my favorite last year. Um, the year before, I would say Brands Hatch. Um, okay. But this year, if I was racing, I mean, I think it would have been fun to try the Miami track because I do enjoy street circuits. Hmm. Um, but also, I think it would be awesome to go to Suzuka for the first time because I've, I've never been there. Oh, yeah. And what a track that is. And and then you've got all the weather kind of obstacles in, in Suzuka as well. That it can throw up any kind of weather. Uh, Callum, you look like you, you're going to say something as well. Your your eyes were flickering to the screen. Was so that- I was just going to say uh, Suzuka would be great for the W Series F3 car just because the I think one of the main problems with it with F1 is that the actual like the island is not very big mm. through most of the track. So I think actually I think Suzuka might even be better in the W Series than in the than them than maybe the F1 race, but I, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. So you obviously said that you've done W Series. Is is the plan to kind of work along uh, with a target of getting to, say, IndyCar or Formula One? Is that is that something that you're looking for? Or do you think you're aiming for a completely different path? Uh, so IndyCar is, has always been the goal for me, um, not, not F1. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, I live in Indianapolis now, so <laughs> yeah. making, making the moves in the right direction. And, uh, but no, I will be doing an array of things going forward um, that maybe isn't just open wheels. So I'm excited to, to have a path that can go, you know, in any direction, but my, uh, my love will always be with IndyCar. So that's the, that's the end goal. If if all the stars align and the dream comes together, you'd love to be in an IndyCar uh, racing, obviously all those ovals. Would it be ovals yeah. or would it be the normal cir- the street circuits and whatnot that you'd prefer actually out of, out of those sorts of things? Have you ever driven an oval, raced an uh, oval? No, I actually have not, never raced an oval. Um, I mean, I would love to do the 500 because it is, it's the 500. Yeah, um, massive. But as far as, the, I mean, I mostly would be looking forward to the road courses because that's, I mean, that's what I'm used to. That's what I love to do. And um, yeah, I, I think those would be very, very enjoyable in an IndyCar. Yeah. Uh, have you had any experience as, as anyone kind of given you any of the big IndyCar names? Have they given you any advice? Has anyone approached you, you've had conversations with any historic winners, that, that sort of thing? Um, I mean, I know I know a few of them. Um, some I race cards with, um, some I've just met through through mutual connections. And it's always just um unfortunately nowadays, like yes, you you try to be as prepared as possible for any opportunities that come your way and always be present to network and and engage with people that could help you to get there. But sadly, it all comes down to sponsorship. Yeah, sure. That's, that's really, that's the the main ticket to, to get where you need to go. And 
right now it's it's a bit sad because you know 99.6% of sports sponsorship a year goes to men and 0.4 goes to women so ouch it, it's staggering odds to compete against ah yeah i mean if we think about Jamie Chadwick for example she's won two w series she should be you know a prime person to to get all this sponsorship uh, to move up the formula so when, no one's saying that she should go straight into f1 but she should certainly have had an at least an f3 seat this year um, if not an F2 seat would have been, you know, a great step for her. But why aren't the sponsors treating women as they are the men? Why, why is that? Why is that? I'm not necessarily asking that as a question that you need to answer because who knows? But it's about time it changed. I think we need a woman in F1, definitely. Any more questions for Sabra, uh, Sophia? Have you been watching IndyCar this season? Um, yeah. yeah. Who, who do you have your money on, do you think? Um, just because obviously I, I do watch it as well. So do follow it quite religiously like I do with F1, F2, F3, and W Series. Uh- <laughs> uh, I mean, the great thing about IndyCar, right, is that they've had so many winners like already in the in the first few races. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if Paolo is going to win it again. He's been a little bit more on the back foot compared to like McLaughlin. I think he's made a really strong start to the season. Um, but I was really excited to see Pato win, you know, like he's, yeah. um, we all were, <laughs> I've, I've known him since he was probably like this tall. <laughs> so it's good to see him. And, and I also, like I said, I, I encourage, um, McLaren to, to do well, but I don't know. I think it's too early. They still have so many races left. Like, I think those are the strongest three right now, but I think those are the, the top three that I would say have the chance to win the championship, but I don't know that so much can happen. We'll see. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. <laughs> and can you see an American coming over to Formula One anytime soon? Obviously, there's always rumors about Colton Herter uh, with his links to, to McLaren and whatnot and coming over. He's he's like the prime candidate, I guess. Uh, and he actively say, has said that he wants to come over. Um, do you think it'll be long before we get an, another American in the sport? In our uh, sport? I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think it'll be long at all. Good. Good because we need it. it, 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 it we're now we're, we're now going to be having three races over there, so it just makes sense to have a, a an American driver in a team. Absolutely, I look forward to it. Hopefully, it will be Colton Herter because you know, a very good racer. Yeah, very fast. Really very quick, fast. So. Absolutely. Uh, okay, and so what do you think about the uh, the Formula One season? Then, who do you think is going to win this Formula One season? Would you would you say it's going to be Max Verstappen, or do you think it's going to be Charles Leclerc? Is he going to keep maintain his lead? Uh, I mean, I. Th- if Red Bull can solve their reliability issues and Max continues to win every single race that he finishes, <laughs> uh, it's not a, not a dream that he would, he would win again, but mm. uh, it's all going to depend on basically at this point, like how much can they actually make up for their poor start to the season? So it's, I mean, Charles is still quite a, a good put ahead, but you know, Max gained some good points in the last few races. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see indeed. Oh, and if you could go to any race, or oh, if you could advise other people to go to any race, what what race out of all the races that you've been to or all the races that you've watched and would like to go to, which which, which is the kind of pinnacle for you uh, that you'd like to go and you'd advise other people to go to? Well, that's a hard question. I mean, I, I just want to go to the Monaco Grand Prix because it is the Monaco Grand Prix, but I don't feel like it's probably the coolest race experience to go to. Like, yes, it has the whole name to it, mm. But as far as like race experience, I think it depends on the person too. Like what kind of, I think I would pick your race based on like what kind of other activities you like to do outside of the racetrack. (laughs) Because, you know, if you're going that far to go see a race, you might as well pair it with something like, but 
Oh, that's I mean, a you should question. obviously say Silverstone. Have you been to Silverstone? I've been to Silverstone, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't know <laughs> if I would say that that's the, the no. pinnacle of what I would choose. Um, actually, you know what I would think would be amazing? Mexico City, because the fans are amazing. Mm. Like, being a part of that or, or, some, or Brazil, like, I think that would be a cool experience. That would be, yeah. that would be exhilarating. Brazil's amazing. And yeah, that Me- Mexico and, and being in the uh, stadium section would be just, that'd be crazy. You'd, that'd be like party atmosphere. And it's always around uh, the Day of the Dead as well, isn't it? So it's always, uh, there's always like face paints and yeah, everyone everyone goes crazy. Yeah, I, I agree that. That'd be a, a good one to see. Well, we, we wish you well, Sabre, anyway. Uh, obviously, you're in a uh, recovery at the moment. Do you see uh, how long that's going to take? Have you got kind of an update for your fans, uh, how, how that's going? Is it is it all positive steps? Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all been great. That my surgeons here have been absolutely amazing, and uh, I'm on track with their expected recovery timeline. So Good. it's uh, still that six months post op. So hopefully back in September. Well, that's music to all of our ears. Let's let's take some comments from the Facebook or YouTube feed just just before we yep. go. Sorry, there's been two kind of main ones um one which was um do you think that miami grand prix deserves to be on f1 calendar like do you think other tracks like hockenheim and south africa deserves more well is, is that is that for saber or is that for us as us in general i, I would everybody? i would i would say i would say personally i would love to see south african uh, kiel army get back on the on, on the uh, on the calendar absolutely so it's it was always a fantastic race uh, anyway a fantastic circuit um, it does need to be brought up to code, uh, up to grade one status. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I, I, I 100% want that. Do I want uh, Miami to, to stay on the calendar for 10 years? If it rem- if the ra- racing remains the same, then no. Uh, if they can make adjustments to the track and give us some overtaking opportunities, then maybe. Um, I'm not saying yes. I would need, I'd need to see the evidence. But I'll go to Sabre to answer that question as well. Outside the F1 race, the other races were pretty, pretty good. So I would say if it, in regards to just F1, it would be nice for them to, to go to those other tracks. But um, yeah, let's let's see if Miami can make some changes to appease the fans more in the future. And I want to comment uh, to one of our fans that listens as well. Gregory Burnett, you asked a few weeks back, where do we get our music from? Because you absolutely love our music. And I did a bit of research this week because I really, really wanted to find out for you because I completely forgot where it was. So I did loads of Googling. Uh, the song that we use at the start of our and the end of our podcast is called Voltage Drop. And it's done on, uh, we bought it, we bought this track um, from a, you know, one of these sell sell your music so you can use on your podcast type, type things um, from uh, Neo Sounds and uh, which is a website neosounds.com and the composer is pierre gerwig langer and i hope that means you can find it so you can listen to it to your heart's content and put it into your own music music playlist so thank you very much for everyone for tuning in thank you very much again for sabra for coming along to speak to us today we have been the everything f1 podcast uh, as always, you can find us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You can find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, we would love you to subscribe to this podcast, hit the bell, and get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. Sabra, where can our fans find you? Yeah, absolutely. You guys can find me at, at Sabra Cook on Instagram, at Sabra underscore Cook on Twitter, Sabra Cook Racing on Facebook, and Sabra Cook on LinkedIn. 
wonderful and we will all do that we'll go and like your pages and follow you immediately well thank you very much uh, to my team thank you very much to sabra this has been the everything f1 podcast we will speak to you next week when we preview the race in spain all right thank you very much everybody we'll see you next week bye-bye bye, bye. bye. bye.